Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Love Well podcast. This podcast is all about trying to figure out how to live life, live it to the full, and love well while doing it. And uh, so, a uh, couple of quick announcements while we're uh, as we get get ready to roll here this week. Uh, first, I would love for you to join me at one of our missional communities as a part of the X13 network. We uh, have a couple of home-based missional communities that uh, center around dinner and scriptures and uh, building community together. Those are called missional communities. And uh, they happen on Sunday at 5 o'clock in Fowlerville, Michigan, and Sunday at 6 o'clock in Ypsilanti, Michigan. You can get all the details for those at x13.net. Just check out uh, the calendar. You can find out where they meet and all that good stuff. And also want to invite you to our missional community that we call Doubt on Tap. Uh, That is a conversation about uh, things that matter. And a lot of times it's things, you know, stuff you... Stuff you can't uh, talk about in polite company, right? Religion, politics, that kind of thing. And so we love for you to come out Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock at the Tap Room in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, again, you can find details for that at x13.net or check out facebook.com slash doubt on tap. It's a conversation that's hosted by uh, me and my good friend uh, Mike who's another pastor uh, here in Ipsy. And so we we would love for you to, to come out and be a part of the, that conversation. Uh, but mostly we'd just love to, would love to hang out in person. And, um, and one last thing, uh, I am doing uh, some pulpit supply preaching at a church in Flint called Peace Presbyterian. And uh, you, can, you can find Peace Presbyterian Flint uh, on the Google machine real easy. And uh, they gather at 1045, so if you want to hear me uh, talk more at you, uh, Sunday mornings, 1045, uh, come on out. And if you would love to grab lunch, uh, I'd love to grab lunch with you. So let me know if you're going to be there, and and we will, we will hang out afterwards, uh, hopefully. So uh, I think that's it. You can find stuff that I'm writing at danielmrose.com. Uh, I am exploring some different ways to uh, potentially monetize some of this, some of this writing and podcasting and everything. So, uh, I've played around with Medium a little bit and uh, looking at, but looking at something else uh, entirely different. Uh, so, who knows? Possibly, uh, possibly some news coming soon, uh, but we'll see. So. Yeah, so that's that's happening, but would love love for you to check things out. Remember, as you read stuff or as you listen to this podcast, one of the best things you can do is simply share it with those in your social media feeds. Uh, so if you find this podcast remotely helpful, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, uh, wherever, wherever it is that you social media. Uh, or if you get on my website and do some reading, uh, share those posts as well. So... Uh, we are continuing this week our series on uh, parenting principles. Last week, I gave you uh, some uh, words of words of warning and uh, encouragement 
And so this week we are going to get going here on uh, on the principles. I was initially thinking that probably we'd do one a week. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I may. We'll see how this goes. I may. Uh, we may do a couple three each week or something along those lines, so this doesn't last too long. And uh, so we'll let's let's get rolling and see where it takes us today. So, uh, you know, part of the reason that I wanted to do this parenting principles series of podcasts and, and blog posts and things is because anytime that I have asked on social media, you know, what do you want me to write about? What do you want me to record about? Uh, it is, this is like number one. Uh, it seems like everybody wants, wants help in their parenting. And, uh, I've got, you know, I've got an 18 year old and a 16 year old, so we haven't completely arrived, but they, they are young adults now. And really, I think probably at this point they are they are kind of who they are, right? And I gotta say, I, I my kids are pretty great. <laughs> I like them, and uh, I enjoy them. And so, even though I'm not a grandparent yet or anything along those lines, uh, my kids aren't you know out building a uh, building their lives, uh, their careers and families and all that stuff. I will just share with you what I've learned over the last 18 years of being a parent. And uh, so I'd encourage you to go back. If you haven't yet, go listen to the episode on uh, the word of warning and word of encouragement. Uh, But today, we are going to start with principle number one. Uh, And this might be one of the most important ones, and that is uh, parenting. uh, You know, in parenting, their sin is not your sin. All right, so from Jump Street, uh, that word sin, is I know it's its one that, that we don't really like to talk about. It's not a word that anybody really likes to use anymore, and and I get that. You know, I'm not, it's it's one of those words that, that I'm, you know, when I'm out kind of in public or, or doing some public theology, that kind of thing, I, I struggle with the word sin too. It, it's, it smacks of judgmentalism and all that kind of stuff. And yet, I think there's an important place for it, an important role for it in our in our vocabulary, especially if you're somebody who considers yourself uh, to be religious or uh, or, a, or a follower of Christ or a Christian, uh, whatever term you you may want to use right now. Uh, but this, because what this word is, it, it's a it's a technical word, and it and it refers back to the breaking of fellowship and relationship. Uh, and, and and that's that's an important concept, especially as we are raising our kids. We have to understand that there are going to be times when we and they uh, do things and make and make choices and have actions that are going to break our relationship. It's going to happen, and that's what sin is. So uh, a way you can think about this is, you know, maybe when you're disciplining your kid, uh, you uh, you know you send them to your room right? You send them to their room. That That's, and what that models, what that shows, that the picture it paints is, is a broken relationship. You've, you know, they've, they've taken an action, they've made a decision, uh, probably a, a wrong one, at least from your perspective. And so you, you send them to the room. That's the judgment, right? And they, and then your relationship is broken. And so now what you have to do is, is you, you, 
who, at least from the Christian perspective, you're you're the representative of uh, of God, Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit. Uh, because I think when they're little, oftentimes we have to function as a bit of their conscience sometimes. Uh, but you know, you you take the first step. You go to their room. You re-engage the relationship. And so, sin is one of those things that that I don't think we that word I don't think we need to be afraid of. Um, and I think it's important for us to to grasp its role and its and its place in our parenting. And uh, so, so this idea of their sin is not your sin. Uh, don't get too hung up on on the word, but understand that it's a technical word meaning, uh, you know, actions that are taken that break relationships. I think I think that's a a great way to to think about to think about sin. So when you, you know, when you first have a kid, everyone and their brother gives you advice. Advice it kind of flows, uh, it flows from the mountaintop. It, whether you're uh, standing in the grocery store uh, and there's some lady who, you know, who feels like she's going to tell you everything you need to know about parenting, uh, or maybe it's the guy behind you in line at the movie theater. Uh, wherever you go, somebody is going to give you advice about your parenting, and that's that's how it is. <laughs> so, uh, for instance, uh, one day, one day, my wife, uh, Amy was at an office store. She was running an errand for, for our ministry team. Uh, we were at the time we were serving with campus crusade at Illinois state university. And, uh, you know, baby Ethan was hungry. He was tired. Uh, they'd probably run one too many errands, uh, <laughs> at that point. And he was doing what? He's doing what little ones do when they get hungry and tired. He was crying. He was melting down. Uh, he was he was losing it. And all Amy wanted to do was pay and get out of there and get him to the car, get him home so she could so she could feed him and get him down for his nap. I mean that that was that was her singular goal because you know she it was time and that's that's what needed to happen. Well, the well-meaning lady uh, behind the register she looks at Amy and hands her a brochure about raising a child with autism and says, "You may find this helpful." <laughs> you know, this is uh, this is just this is just crazy. I mean, you know, one uh, it's so inappropriate uh, to make assumptions like that. Uh, but two, it really does. I think it paints the picture of the reality that everybody's going to give you advice. And what we have to realize is that some advice is better than others. And you have to learn quickly, uh, what advice to hold on to and what advice to let go of. And this, this principle, uh, your child's sin is not your sin. I think is one of the most important pieces of advice that Amy and I ever received. It it has become a, a absolute core principle for my, for us, and, and it became that uh, from the beginning. <laughs> so another story. A little later, uh, in a little later, Ethan was probably, you know, I don't know, he was two, something like that. Uh, he had he had really found his running legs finally, and once Ethan found his running legs, he didn't really walk anywhere. He just he was like, 
He's like one of those wind-up toys, right? You wind them up, and you're holding them, you're holding them, and you set them down, and woo, there they go. <laughs> that was Ethan, man. He he did not walk anywhere. He just kind of took off running. And so uh, we as young parents made one of the biggest mistakes that you can make. Take this for what it is if you're, if you're a parent of a young one or, or haven't had kids yet. But remember this. Never, ever... Take your kid out of the high chair before you're ready to like bundle them up and carry them out. All right. So the mistake we made was we got done eating. We were at Panera. We had finished our lunch, and uh, we were getting up. and And as we got up, we took Ethan out of his high chair, and we were going to put our coats on. And of course, Ethan hits the ground. Whew, gone. Dude is, dude ha- takes off. <laughs> and now, you know, you, most Paneras are set up similarly, right? Where you kind of have the, uh, the little, the little half wall pseudo hallway kind of thing where you order at the register, then you walk, walk kind of down past that counter to where they're going to set your food out. And, and so Ethan starts running circles around, around this, this wall. And you're at that, as a as a parent, you have that moment of okay, are we going to just run and take off after him, or are we going to outsmart him with our minds? And we thought for sure uh, we were going to use our superior intellects uh, to corner him from two different directions, and 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 we successfully get him bracketed right. And he stops, and he kind of looks, and he giggles, and he smiles because he thinks this is a game. And what does he do? He turns and takes off right into the Panera kitchen. Now, thankfully, one of our good friends uh, was the manager of, of the Panera at that time. She scoops him up and brings him out and says, hey, did you lose something? <laughs> so, uh, you know, this uh, this was horrifying for for us we were embarrassed we uh you know we just uh we were it's just one of those moments and i think every person who parents a child has a, has stories like that where they could where they could tell you they wanted to crawl under a rock somewhere because of just the absolute ridiculous action of their kid i mean this <laughs> this is this is the the way it goes. Now, the Panera story, it's cute now, uh, but in that moment, we were mortified. We felt so much shame. Why? Like, why would we feel and experience shame from the actions of our little boy? And I think it's because it's because our identities were too deeply connected to his, right? Like we, we saw him as an extension of ourselves. There's a, there's kind of this old joke. Um, you know, the great thing about having kids is you get to see all of your sin running around on two little legs. And, and I think, I think we too, too, too strongly identify uh, with our kids that way. You know, we, we see them as this extension of ourselves and our identities are way too wrapped up in them. 
and and as a result uh you know i think that's why obedience becomes such a significant benchmark for parents uh in our evaluation of our parenting you know Be- because because we so strongly identify with with our kids that way you know it our thinking is well if they're good we're good therefore obedience becomes the highest priority to us we want them to to be good because we want we want to be seen as a good person and if they're bad if they're disobedient then that must mean that we are bad my friends that is that's just not the truth that is that is such dangerous dangerous thinking that leads us down a very dark path to a place that that we do not want to go when we link our identities to another person whether it's a child who's entrusted to us or another adult what happens is we begin to lose our sense of self and when that when we when we begin to lose our sense of self then we project we project all of who we are onto them invite and then we take all of them onto us it's like we we meld our identities are not one and the same the children who are entrusted to you have their own identity you as a parent have your own identity in the same way that a married that married couples have their own distinct identities that is it, this is absolutely critical we have we have to we have to come to this realization that that we are not our children therefore our children's sin is not our sin their bad actions are not our bad actions are we as parents responsible to enter in and to help them make good decisions and to make good choices and to learn right from wrong? Yes, absolutely. But we also have to recognize that they are going to make their own decisions and they are going to make their own their own choices. The truth of the matter is we are our own and the children entrust to, entrusted to us are their own. So um, we... To that end, we have to teach. We have to teach children that they are responsible for their actions. So when they do well, we praise them for doing well. It's not our success. We didn't do it. They did it, and we and we praise them. It's their success. When they fall short and make mistakes, we help them understand that they must own those mistakes. It's not our failure. It's theirs. Now, the natural thing, the natural thing is for us to feel like their failure is our failure. But it's not. It's not. If you're feeling shame and guilt as you're listening to this and you're like, uh, but my kid is so bad and I failed and this and that. Stop. Stop. We as as individuals can, we, we need to be careful about not feeling shame for the actions of others. We have to remain separate and distinct in our identities from from other people. This is called boundaries. We have we have to pursue them. 
and I think this is infinitely more difficult when when kids are young because they don't have the capacity for complex thinking right there's no when they're little you, you can't have you can't have the conversations you can have when they're teenagers where you can kind of wrestle through uh rights wrongs grays you know where you can where you can have these these complex discussions yet they're going to learn from how you respond and how you carry yourself through the ups and downs of life together they will watch you and, and as we go through this series you're you're going to hear me say this over and over again it is way more taught than caught when it comes to parenting way more taught than caught if you want your kids to stand on their own two feet if you want your kids to have clear clear sense of their identity then you have to model that for them you have to show them and teach them and and live in front of them the reality that you are your own person and they're their own person and show them that their decisions are their own and your decisions are your own and you, you can you can model you can model that i uh, as I think about this, there's a couple of tangible ways uh, that Amy and I have have practiced this principle. Um, is is to remind one another that the actions of our children are their own, right? I mean, just flat out, we have to remind one another. It is it it it's team effort here because left to our own devices we are so quickly going to over identify with our kids it is what it is it's part of it's part of the reality and so to have somebody else say hey just reminder that's their decision that's that's theirs the actions of our kids are their own their sin is not our sin and at different times and in different seasons of life we have needed one another to remind remind each other of, of that truth. Uh, we've also we've also sought to avoid manipulative manipulative language like you make me feel. And as adults, we have the responsibility to be wise and measured in our responses to children's behavior. Uh, this is this is way easier said than done. And and so when we when we say things like you make me feel fill in the blank what we're communicating to 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 our children is that they have some sort of superhuman power to drive our remote emotional responses and that's not the case we we as individuals we choose how we are going to respond to situations we choose how we are going to respond to others that's 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 part of the reality of growing into adulthood is recognizing that you have the power to make decisions in how you are going to respond. Nobody can make you angry. Nobody can make you happy. They can't. You choose how you're going to respond. And, and so we have to avoid that kind of language. Now, we can say things like, I feel sad. I feel sad in response to what happened. 
But we have we have to be intentional about making sure that we're communicating that it is our choice, our decision, that, that we are choosing to respond in this way. And that they, that, that the children, that they're not the ones that have the power to, to make us feel a certain way. And the reason why is because this, this becomes so manip- manipulative as they get older. You make me feel sad when you don't do what I want you to do. Baloney. Baloney. That's that's just manipulation, and uh, and we we have we have to be we have to be careful about it. And, and so what this points to is the reality that it requires significant attention and intentionality in raising and caring for a child, and it's all the time, right? I mean, you don't you don't get days off unless they go with you know grandparents or something. Uh, Parenting a child is is never ending, and vigilance is required to avoid this kind of language, to avoid being manipulative because it's just it's just so easy and it is exhausting to always be on your guard to make sure that you're not seeking to manipulate your kid emotionally. Uh, one of the important things that comes as a result of embrace of embracing this principle is that is that us as the parents. We're able to truly speak truth and love and extend grace. And this is because when we are able to differentiate ourselves from our children, we can actually see them as individuals and not simply an extension of ourselves, which then leads us to the reality that we can, with authenticity, hold the tension of truth, love, and grace. All three of those things require significant tension to hold them all together. And and we can do this without adding shame and guilt into the equation. Uh, because here's the reality. As they grow older, they're inevitably, be, inevitably going to sin like everyone else. My kids blow it. They're not perfect. Regardless of what you think you see on social media or the, the handful of interactions you may have with them uh, in, in various settings, they're not perfect. They mess up. They blow it. And when they do, we are able to speak grace, truth, and love to them. And we're able to hold them accountable uh, without experiencing shame or guilt ourselves and without necessarily dumping shame and guilt on them. When we're not experiencing shame and guilt over their actions, we're able to speak truth and grace and love to them without having to use... Uh, without having to use shame and guilt to manipulate them. All right, so over the next the next thing I want to say uh, is is very specifically Christian, um, and why I think why I think this is such an important important principle for those who claim to follow Jesus. So if you want to uh, stop the podcast at this point, uh, please, please do. I won't be, I won't be offended. Uh, you know, if Christianity is not your bag, uh, you know, if, if that's, if that's just not, you know, important to you, just not part of, part of who you are, uh, then, then, you know, hit the next, hit the next button and move on to the next podcast that's downloaded on your phone or whatever. Um, I hope you won't. I hope that you will that you'll continue listening for the next minute 
and a half or two minutes or so um, because this is of central importance to my life. Uh, and I hope and I hope if you listen to this part, you'll at least know me a little bit better. Uh, so so if you're if you're listening and you're a follower of Jesus, uh, this principle also lays the groundwork for the reality that you are not your children's savior. Right? We we as parents oftentimes get grab hold of this uh, the savior complex. Like we are somehow going to save our kids and we are not. I'm I'm not I'm not Ethan and Libby's personal Jesus Christ. Amy is not Ethan and Libby's personal Jesus Christ. We can't save them. We, we can't function as the atoning sacrifice for them. And, and so as a result, we have to understand them as, as individuals, as separate, distinct people. Our jobs as parents is not to try and take the sin of our children to us as our own. If we are constantly doing that, then we're, we're trying to stand into the place of Jesus. Jesus did that. That was what Jesus came to do. He came to take the sin of the world on him, and he did so perfectly, and he did so completely. He atoned for the sin, not, not us, which is why, for those of us who follow Jesus, our identities are tied to his that's why one of the significant teachings of the Christian faith is is to say that we are one with Christ, to say that we are united with with Christ. Uh, our job is to point our kids to Jesus, to remind the kids and ourselves who the Savior really is. Right when we fail. When they fail, there is only one means by which the effects and, con- and consequences of sin have been done away with, and that is through the cross of Christ. Sin's curse is the breaking of relationship with one another and God. It's so brilliantly portrayed in the story of the prodigal son, the younger son who, who breaks relationship with the father and and goes and squanders his inheritance and comes back and is reunited and is brought into the party. And the older son, uh, who, who stood outside the party and experienced brokenness and separation and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right? I mean, that's, that's such, a, such a great, great picture, uh, that, that story. And, and so that, that's, what, that's what sin does. But Christ has redeemed and reconciled those relationships through his work on the cross. Our relationships with one another, our relationships with God, they are, they are redeemed and reconciled because of, because of the cross of Christ. And so it's up to us. We, we, need to now, we need to now experience that forgiveness that is ours. Right? It's there. It is available Always, 100% of the time. There's never a time when forgiveness from God uh, is, is not available. And so the question becomes, are we going to experience it? Are we going to be the younger son that comes home and goes into the party? Or are we going to be the older son who's five feet away from the party and yet chooses to stand outside? Where are we going to be? This is our, this is, for us as parents, 
for our kids. This is, this is the invitation that stands before us. Their sin is not your sin. This principle frees us to love the children entrusted to us well. It allows us to speak truth, grace, and love with authenticity apart from guilt and shame. Well, it is over 30 minutes in, and uh, I don't really think anybody wants to listen to another 30 minutes. So uh, we are going to move on to principle number two next week. Um, I hope I hope you found this principle helpful. I really do. And uh, and if you did, I, share it. Share this podcast with with the parents in your life. Share this podcast uh, with your kids, maybe even <laughs> who knows, uh, depending on and where things are at in your story. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you. And uh, so let's let's engage in the conversation. Uh, join join the conversation. Uh, with me on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose, or you can find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Daniel M. Rose, uh, or comment on this. Uh, each of these podcasts is uh, connected to a blog post, and uh, you can find that at danielmrose.com. Leave a comment, and let's, let's, have, let's have the conversation. Uh, so, guys, thanks for listening, and until next week, love well.